0: But he Thomas given 10 the lead to the We were there for that event. Spring Griffiths along with Paul
1: Almeida. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Looking forward to doing a few more podcasts with you.
0: It'll be fun. This year,
1: it's Edmonton, it's Red Deer. But man, how things have changed. Well, they've changed a lot. The COVID uh, pandemic has really changed the schedule for the World Juniors. Starting with the one here in Edmonton that was supposed to be Edmonton Red Deer this uh, winter. And of course, now with the COVID, we've just seen with the uh, NHL having to work in the bubble that now the world juniors is going to have to be in the bubble as well. So that means no fans, no, you know, hoopla around the tournament outside in terms of atmosphere or having parties and watch parties and all those sorts of things. So it's going to be a little different event, but the the main thing is they want to make sure that the event goes ahead.
0: It's a made for TV event now from a fan's perspective and as for a bubble perspective. Edmonton with its experience of doing the bubble thing because they helped the National Hockey League along with the city of Toronto should be able to pull this off. I I think pretty easily at least they've got a template in place.
1: Well, I think part of the reason that they are being allowed to do it is just because of that, that they've got the experience in doing the NHL bubble. And when they went to the double and said, do you want to go ahead with this year's tournament, we're willing to do it within the bubble like we did for the NHL tournament and have it go ahead. That way we don't miss a tournament. The kids get the opportunity to play because you can only play in the World Juniors so often. It's an age-based tournament. So having come to that conclusion that that's the way that they're going to run the World Juniors this year, of course, they had already sold a ton of tickets. Oh, yeah. The money's in the bank, so to speak. Money's in the bank. They've sold the tickets. They've sold the sponsorships. So – because of that, the IIHF awarded Edmonton and Red Deer the World Juniors for 2022. That was supposed to be in Gothenburg, Sweden.
0: On the hope that they'll have fans in the seats for that one.
1: That's the ex- expectation and hope is that the tickets that have been sold, the sponsorships, everything else will just be able to be carried over to the following year. And they'll run next year's tournament as they would have this year's tournament.
0: Okay, so Edmonton and Red Deer now are in the books for 2021 and 2022.
1: Well, Edmonton alone for 2021. That's correct. In the bubble. Yes.
0: And the other thing that we got to tell you about is that we're going to be podcasting during this event.
1: Yes. So
0: if you want to hear our lovely voices throughout that event out of the bubble, we're going to be either inside the bubble or right on the very outside of the bubble. The edge of the bubble. On the edge of the bubble without popping it. We're going to be doing that. Look, I just scared the dog off here in my little downstairs studio. Anyway, so we want you to know that you can come to us for more stories through this event and, of course, the following year. How much do you want to talk about these two that are in Edmonton and Red Deer, or do you want to start focusing on the next one, which would be coming up in Russia?
1: Well, we can talk a little bit about uh, the ones here in Canada. I mean, it's unique whenever the tournament's held in Canada because obviously you're playing in bigger stadiums, they're packed, jam solid. But we don't have that option this year. This year, like you said, it's a made for TV event. And so, with us doing our podcast, we hope that we can give a little bit of a behind the scenes look of what's happening around the bubble, if not in the bubble and give you an idea of what the kids are you know, going through during the tournament. We saw with the NHL, I thought it was one of the toughest tournaments to win this year. Mm-hmm. Because you are in the bubble. You can't go anywhere. And I think these kids are going to be feeling a little bit the same. Because they're going to be quarantined in there, playing their games, and then going back to the hotel.
0: Now, granted, it's not nine weeks like the National Hockey League.
1: Absolutely. It's uh, December 26th to January 5th. So, so it won't be as long. yeah, it
0: won't be as painfully difficult to watch. Yes. As it was for the NHL teams. However, the NHL guys that were in there the longest went the furthest, and the further you go, the more painful the losses were and the more oh, wonderful oh, yeah. the wins were.
1: I can't imagine being the Dallas Stars.
0: It's going to be you, a tough you've one gone to get over. through
1: that entire process. You've been away from your family for 2 months and then to lose at the very end. Has got to be a very tough thing to take
0: to a team that had to go through two hubs, yes, because they had to go. I'm talking about Tampa. Had to go through the Toronto hub, and then make the trip west to Edmonton for the uh, for the Eastern Conference Final and but, the Stanley Cup Final.
1: But I tough. wonder, but I wonder if that Bryn, mentally is a good thing. It might because be. at least you're getting a change of scenery halfway through and food and food and everything else. Whereas the Dallas Stars have been in one location for two months.
0: Well, the big joke was every time they would win, we're not going home. We're not going home. And they kind of hung on that. I'm going to be very curious to see, and I I feel quite upbeat about the fact that what the organizing committee had done with the National Hockey League in Edmonton is going to apply. And we still haven't heard all the details of how the bubble is going to work here yet for the World Juniors, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be extremely similar to the NHL one.
1: Well, when you have a plan that works, why change it? And you saw that the Edmonton bubble, the Toronto bubble worked very well. There were no COVID cases. The players all were in a safe environment. They did their testing. Right. They had their rooms. They had whatever they required. They had, uh, you know, varieties of food and everything else. They did make a couple of excursions outside the bubble, which they were allowed to. but.
0: Few teams actually were golfing a lot.
1: Golfing and going to Commonwealth Stadium and and doing other things. But I I think that in terms of the AAHF, this was a safe bet to give it to Edmonton and say, yeah, you guys go ahead, do it in the bubble. And give it to them again next year saying, okay, we owe you. Uh, You've got the money in, in the bank already. We have tickets that are sold. Let's get the tournament done the year after. So for us, that means we have to shift our focus. From 2022 being in Gothenburg, Sweden, to now 2023 in Novosibirsk, Russia. And you know, initially I was a little bit apprehensive about doing the tour to Russia and what would we do? What you know type of uh program would we be able to put together for people. But after looking into it and doing it, I, I'm I'm happy to say that we're we're gonna do it. And Novosibirsk is in Siberia, just north of Kazakhstan.
0: I'm, I'm actually taking a look at the weather app right
1: now to see yeah. what it's plus eight. Which is warmer than Edmonton today. Absolutely. And, and I don't see any snow in the forecast. And it's the third largest city in Russia, yeah. behind only Moscow and St. Petersburg. And it's really interesting as to how it the city was founded. It was founded in the late 1800s when they were building the Trans-Siberia Railway that goes all the way to Beijing, China. And when they built that the ob river goes through novosibirsk that's where the bridge a bridge had to cross the river and a town popped up and it became a hub as most towns in the middle of nowhere do became a hub for the area for getting products through the railway and distributing throughout the area siberia it's the largest city in siberia and Novosibirsk is actually a very modern city because a lot of the buildings were built in the last hundred years. Right. And during the Second World War, a lot of the factories and production was moved to Novosibirsk from Moscow, from St. Petersburg, from the European side of Russia, which is on the other side of Ural Mountains, so that they'd be better protected during the war years. Well, that developed a lot of innovation. There's actually a, a very important uh, scientific park in the area. And a lot of uh, businesses, huge businesses in Russia, are have their headquarters in Novosibirsk. And the city is also very, uh, how should I say it? It's very culturally diverse. It's got a university there. It's got a ballet. It's got a theater. It's got very vibrant cultural activities throughout the year. And And it's
0: isolated because of its location.
1: Absolutely. And they have a team in the KHL, Sibir Novosibirsk. They play in uh, an arena that's been there for many years. But for the World Juniors, they're also building a new arena. And uh, I've seen the architectural drawings of it and the concept drawings of it. It looks absolutely fantastic. It's about 10,000 seats. And uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful atmosphere again for, you know, a world juniors. The nice thing is uh, we'll, be, we'll stay in a central hotel. So both arenas will be 15 to 30 minutes away from where we are. And uh, in terms of snow, <laughs> I read that they don't get heavy snowfalls. They get a bunch of light snowfalls. And in doing a little bit of research about the city, the events, there's outdoor skating in the square, you know, there's a lot of Christmas, uh, you know, little markets and all that kind of stuff. So similar to what we were used to in the Czech Republic.
0: And because of the Julian calendar, their Christmas is going to happen January seventh. Exactly. So you're going to have you're going to have all the Christmas stuff right through. Yeah, we're this there. Event.
1: For, we're there for the Christmas markets all throughout and the Christmas activities all throughout. Now, having said that, we're still going to celebrate our North American Christmas on the 25th, like we have with our other tours and we'll do a new year's party on new year's day, the first of, of January. But you know what we're looking at doing because it's a very unique location and let's not forget that we're going to need a visa to travel to Russia. Yes. Which means everybody's going to have to apply for a visa to get into the country to go watch the tournament. But In terms of moving around in the country, it's not as easy. So one of the things we're going to have to do is our plan is to go to St. Petersburg prior to the tournament in Novosibirsk.
0: Which is four and a half hours away by plane.
1: That's right. And flying to St. Petersburg from North America is really no different than flying to Prague, Vienna, any city in Central Europe. Because you're basically going... One flight into Frankfurt or wherever the case may be. Amsterdam. Amsterdam, One of those gateways. And then an additional flight to St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg is not far from Helsinki. So it's about the same distance. So we go to St. Petersburg, there for three days, do some sightseeing. A lot to see in St. Petersburg. Uh, Peterhof, there's the Hermitage Museum, the Winter Palace.
0: Ray Ferraro, by the way, says it's his most favorite city of the moment. Really? All. Said the amount of history and how well preserved it was. It's amazing. He said it was just an amazing, amazing city. So St. Petersburg has always been on one of my bucket lists. So I'm excited about that. But having everybody kind of gather in that one place is essential because the flight from St. Petersburg to, to where North we're gonna Sebirce. be watching this yep. big event is like flying from Edmonton, Calgary, or Vancouver to Toronto.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, from a logistics perspective, it's better if we have the group together to go from one area to the other, makes the pickups easy, everything easy once we get to Russia. Because I think language is going to be a bit more of an issue than it was in the Czech Republic or in Sweden on these tours. I don't think a lot of people in Novosibirsk speak English, although because it's on the Trans-Siberian Railway, there's a lot of tours that do the Trans-Siberian passenger railway. And so they're used to a lot of tourists coming into the area. So there's hotels, there's good hotels and everything else. But I think the English may be an issue. So we have to, we'll have quality people there to help our tours as we normally do translators, uh, group facilitators to help us make sure we're going to the right places at the right time and that everything is done professionally and on time.
0: So ideally, and you're not taking 300 people on this, right? You're going to have to scale this back. Yeah.
1: That's not my expectation. My expectation is that we're going to take approximately 80 people.
0: Okay. So you have people meet and gather. Who is texting me? I should have turned that phone off. Anyway, you, uh, I guess the the best way of putting it is you're going to have people gather in St. Petersburg and then we traveling as a unit is going to be essential here.
1: It is. And, you know, traveling, arriving to St. Petersburg, again, we have to make sure that with the visa, everybody gets in, everybody's fine. We're there. We have three days in St. Petersburg uh, before we go to Novosibirsk, maybe go to Novosibirsk on the 24th. Okay. And celebrate Christmas on the 25th. And then we're right into the tournament on Boxing Day. Let's not forget that the tournament starts on Boxing Day. And then from there, uh, January the 5th, the tournament is over. And our plan on the 6th is to fly to Moscow.
0: Which four. is also almost a four-hour flight.
1: Almost the exact same distance. Okay. And spend three days in Moscow, you know, sightsee. Now, the other option that we have in St. Petersburg and Moscow, potentially, is to catch a KHL game or another sporting event or some type of, uh, you know, theater, people like ballet, or people want to see, you know, uh, there's the Moscow Circus and those sort of things.
0: You know where I've always wanted to go in Moscow? Luzhniki. I've wanted to go to the Luzhniki (laughs) Sports Palace where the 72 Summit Series happened. And apparently, it's still up and fine. Yeah, it's we'll just go old. by there.
1: We'll take a look, and uh, I'm sure there'll be maybe. a Paul
0: Henderson statue. Oh, hang on, yeah, maybe there I'm won't sure. be.
1: I'm, maybe a Tretiak statue, but I don't know about a Henderson,
0: Alan Eagleson statue.
1: And and of course, in in Moscow, we'll do a tour of the Kremlin, the Red Square. It's a very impressive city if you look at all the things to see and do in that in that area. So we'll have no shortage of things to see and do. And then, like you mentioned. January 7th, we'll be in Moscow for their Christmas. Correct. Uh, Orthodox Christmas is on the 7th. So there'll be a lot of activity going on in St. Petersburg, in Novosibirsk, and in Moscow for that tour. We haven't finalized everything yet. We have a potential here, Paul. There's a potential here for three parties. There will be three parties. Okay, there we go. we'll have basically two Christmas parties and one New Year's party. And, uh, you know, the, the... the thing to remember, again, is that we're going to take a smaller group. Right. It's not going to be 300 people. Those of you that are on the priority list already because you went on a tour with us before or you registered for the priority list, you'll get first opportunity to join the tour. But we will cut it off. And as I said, right now, we're leaning towards having one option. And that's joining the tour from beginning to end going to St. Petersburg, going to Novosibirsk, going to Moscow, and then coming home.
0: So it's almost a three-weeker, but uh, I, I agree with you. It's Russia it can't be an easy place to travel around with a big group. And so I think you're right by going to 80 people. And I think you're right by having everybody meet at the same place and depart from the same place. I think it sounds great, but the key here is commitment. We need to find out from people, are you going to be with us on this thing? Is this of interest to you? How can people get a hold of you?
1: Well, they can email us and say, you know, we're very interested in Russia. But, you know, we'll be looking at sending out all the information. Probably a year from now, we're talking early November of 2021. And possibly having an event in Edmonton uh, where we could have a little meet and greet and go over the information for the tour. And at that time, then, we'll be looking for a deposit, hopefully, you know, what's happened with COVID and the pandemic uh, will have subsided by then and make our life easier in terms of making these decisions. Mm -hmm. And having said that, I mean, we're going to have to prepare some things as well because it is a different world. So we're, you know, going to make sure that we have PPE for people and, uh, and other things um, as we have in the past with, uh, you know, other little trinkets that we give people before they travel, you know, it'll be masks and other things. So, uh, but we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really unique experience. I mean, I never thought in my lifetime I would be going to Siberia, let alone Russia. Um, Moscow and St. Petersburg, uh, from the people I've talked to in Europe, they tell me they're fantastic cities. Lots to see, lots to do, and places that uh, you know people will remember for a long time.
0: I'm excited already because St. Petersburg, Moscow have always been on my hit list of places I've wanted to go to. Siberia hasn't been, yeah. but I still am looking. We're talking about a city that's kind of Calgary and Edmonton sized, right? Yeah, it's just if over not, a million people. Yeah, yeah up around 1.4 million people. We know it's going to be cold. We're Canadians. I think we can handle that part, but I'm, I'm super charged up about it. I think it's going to be a great tour. It's also another one of those events. If you can remember, if you joined us in the Czech Republic, And you remember how special it was to win there? Imagine winning in Russia.
1: And it's going to be, I think, very unique. Because the culture, the history, the gastronomy will be different. Will be something that we haven't experienced. And I think the hockey atmosphere is going to be different. To be in an arena full of Russian fans.
0: Who are just as passionate as we are.
1: Just as passionate. They love hockey. They're probably you know, just as crazy about their team as we are. And Novosibirsk, their team is well-supported, the KHL team. And uh, I think it's going to be an extremely unique experience for those of you that want to come with us. Now, I also want to mention a little bit about Sweden 2024.
0: I was just going to ask you about that.
1: We are, you know, we had everything pretty well close to being planned for Sweden 2024, so it's not going to be difficult for us to pivot and switch everything over to 2024 rather than 2022. Uh, we've been to Gothenburg before with soccer teams for the Gothia Cup, Dana Cup tournaments. We've been there with an Oilers group to go watch the Oilers play the New Jersey Devils in the season opener. And Gothenburg is a fantastic city. And we have very, uh, you know, quite a few possibilities for tours in and around Gothenburg and afterwards in Stockholm and Latvia, Finland, Tallinn, we haven't decided where we're going to go yet. And we're also looking at possibilities before the tournament starts as well. Something unique that we thought of, but uh, you know, we'll let that marinate for a year or so and then we'll have it out. So our expectation is that November of 2021, we'll have information out for Russia. And November of 2022, just prior to leaving for Russia, We'll have all the information out for Sweden the following year. How can people get a hold of you? They can go to azorcan.net, A-Z-O-R-C-A-N.net. And on there, uh, we're just updating the website. So uh, we should have it up uh, in the next month or so with information on both these tournaments. And uh, again, the important thing is to get on the priority list. But please remember, if you've registered for the priority list in the past or if you've gone on our tour in the past, you don't need to. We have your information already on file. And as soon as we get information, you will be the first to know.
0: I'm excited about this. I think this is going to be great. There are a few little tricks that have got to be handled with Russia, which is why a commitment earlier from people is really helpful so that we can kind of get our grasp of things. But uh, I'm I'm pretty jacked up about, well, uh, hey, listen, as I had pointed out earlier, the last one we went to in the Czech Republic, that was the fifth one of these events for me to go to, the first one outside of Canada. It just is different. It's wonderfully different. It's exceptionally different when your team wins it and you hear, o Canada played in the arena in another country. It's just very, very special. So I'm excited about the Russian experience.
1: Well, and I think Russia just adds another level, Bryn than going to the Czech Republic or Sweden or Finland, you know, we have been, you know, people our age, we've been inundated with stories about Russia. Oh yeah. About communist Russia, about when the wall came down, how it changed, uh, about the Russian hockey system, about Russian hockey players. We've all seen uh, how fabulous, you know, some of the players that they turn out. I mean, we saw firsthand at the World Juniors in the Czech Republic, how they shocked us in the round-robin tournament uh, portion of the tournament, how they just crushed Canada that one day, then we beat them in the final. But I think from a pure hockey fan perspective, is there any country that you could go to outside of Canada that you could say, as a Canadian, I was there cheering for Canada in this country that would be more meaningful than doing it in Russia?
0: No, I think it's going to be very special. I think St. Petersburg, catching this event in Siberia, moving on to Moscow, is going to be a real special experience. And you know what? My interest level in traveling through Russia is high. On my own, not very high. But if I'm with 79 other Canadians and we're moving as a unit, I'll feel very comfortable in that. And I think that'll be a real fun event for us. So, I guess, uh, I guess, like I said, we're just gonna—we got two to get through before we get there. But you got to start thinking about it now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've also looked at little day trips that we can make while we're in Novosibirsk, and there are cities and activities that are nearby that we can make little day trips on days off as well. So it's not—it's uh, not just sitting there in Novosibirsk waiting for the hockey to start. It's a beautiful city. There's a lot to see and do. Uh, you can go online and look at videos of the city and walking through it. Um, and then you can look at some of the places in the area that are nearby. The river system that goes through is very unique. and uh, might be iced over when city. we're there, but... Bring your skates. <laughs> you know, one <laughs> exactly. of the big things I found is that in the wintertime, people love to go skating there. And so if you want to bring your skates, maybe that's an activity if you enjoy You can do it with a crowd of Russians.
0: Kind of like the Rideau Canal in Ottawa. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so once again, azorcan.net.
1: A-Z-O-R-C-A-N.net. And uh, we'll have all the information up soon, as much as we can provide at the moment. Obviously, we don't have pricing yet. That's an important thing to note. Yep. Um, And we also, you know, don't know what the situation is going to be in terms of flights. Although our expectation is that we fly from you know, the the major, you know, hubs in Canada to a major hub in Central Europe, and then from there to St. Petersburg. And then within St. Petersburg, it'll be a, a Russian airline from St. Petersburg to Novosibirsk. And by the way, their airport is modern, very nice airport. And I think it's the hub for one of the airlines in Novos, in Russia. And then the same thing, fly back from Novosibirsk to Moscow, And then from there, we could use, you know, KLM or whoever to get from Moscow to, let's say, Amsterdam back to Canada.
0: Okay. Thanks for your time. This has been three podcasts now that we've pumped out here over the last few weeks. You'll be hearing more from us.
1: Absolutely. There's a lot coming with the World Juniors here in Edmonton and more information coming along the way on future World Junior trips. So So subscribe.
0: Subscribe to what we're firing out so that when we... Download a new podcast. You'll hear about it right away. Paul, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Bryn.
1: All right.